If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, I'm close and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure that I have the opportunity of introducing special guest Susan Poller to discuss her new book, Unlocking the Puzzle, a PTSD, a holistic guide to restoring inner peace. Susan is a retired trauma specialist based in Tarpon Springs, Florida, with over 25 years of experience. She's a Reiki master, and she specializes in alternate healing methods, including EFT, tapping, also known as emotional freedom technique, treating others with treating their own physical pain and emotional distress. It's also referred to as tapping or psychological acupressure, or acupuncture without the needles. People who use this technique believe that tapping the body can create a balance of power in your energy system and treat pain and other things. Power has over 12 years of experience as an energy psychology practitioner. Research shows that people with trauma issues like PTSD and complex PTSD heal more effectively when a holistic mind-body-spirit approach is utilized. Her new book, Unlocking the Puzzle of PTSD 
has been written to help professionals and laypersons alike learn effective ways to understand and heal from the national epidemic of this situation. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Susan Pollard to the show. Welcome to the show, Susan. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on to share your new book, Unlocking the Puzzle of PTSD, A Holistic Guide to Restoring Inner Peace, with our audience, because PTSD is something I think most people think they know what it might be, but when you know they'll see uh, a, ca- a character in a movie from a military background having flashbacks of a prior battle where there's a scene where they fall to the ground and they're in the middle of their living room and their kids are around them. And I wanted to ask you, is PTSD like that in, in real practice, or is there any distinctions that you'd recommend to our audience in understanding the phenomena, what PTSD is? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, one of the things that um, I discuss with people is the myths about trauma and the myths about PTSD. And you're absolutely right. Most people think that PTSD only happens to veterans, so that's what they're looking for. But PTSD happens to people that have been severely traumatized, that have had a brush with death or sexual violence or severe illness or injury or uh, something like that. And uh, domestic violence survivors, abused children, it actually happens to many, many people, not just veterans. Something very, very severe that has lodged itself in the body and then tends to come out later, which is why they call it post-traumatic, because it happens later. How did you first become involved in specializing in trauma and treating it? Um, When I was a therapist, I started out as a therapist like most people do, and I was um, trained in all of the, the theories that most people are trained in. And then I started to realize that clients kept relapsing, and they were staying in therapy for a very long time. And eventually I noticed that a lot of them had unresolved trauma, So a lot of times trauma is misdiagnosed or it's missed completely. People aren't looking for it unless they know what questions to ask. And when I started to investigate this more, I realized that this was a huge problem. And because trauma tends to lodge itself in the body, we say it lodges itself in the cellular level of the body. If you don't get it out, then it's going to come out later as symptoms. I can understand that. From your vantage point, I, I, had a, I had the benefit of talking to you before we did our interview today. My, one of my other questions I want to ask you is, when did you first become interested in helping other people? Like, how did that become a focus for you, for your life, and being passionate about people? I was actually, I was a kid. <laughs> I, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And um, okay. as in wanting to help people, I was helping people from the time I was a child. And then as a teen, I started to do activism kinds of things in youth group. Um, I uh, became a camp counselor in the summers. Um, I was a camp counselor at a special ed um, camp and at a couple other places. And it just seems like I was always doing something. I didn't realize until many years later uh, when I was talking to somebody that um, hurt things kept coming to me. And I said that to them, hurt things keep coming to me. What's that all about? And the lady, I don't even remember who it was, she said to me, your soul heard them calling you. And I'm like, yeah, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? 
she said, didn't you hear them calling you? Because hurt things keep showing up in my life. I called the two-leggers, the people, and the four-leggers, the animals have always showed up. So I've just always wanted to help. I started out as a special ed teacher, and then I became a therapist because I was more interested in dealing with the emotional and with the mental, and then eventually more with the spiritual, and that's how the holistic came about. That's very interesting. I always find this very how do I phrase this? One of my favorite things I love is when someone's traditionally trained in a discipline and then they become mm-hmm. also enlarged, I guess, or their, their awareness is, is increased because then they look at mind, body, spirit type stuff. How did you balance that as a, as a counselor, as a therapist early in your career? Was it something that you merged into over time or, you know, how did you, how did you wind up doing both spiritual mind, body, spirit stuff and then the traditional methodologies that you are, that were classically trained in? For your education? I had to become more confident, first of all, because your name kind of gets around the community when people realize that you're open. And then people will come in and, and they would say things like, can I tell you this? I never told anybody this before. Are you going to think I'm crazy? And they would tell me how their, their dead father was standing at the bottom of the bed. Or um, I had one client that said she thought she had a ghost in the cabinet and it was spooking her cat. Are you crazy? Do you think I'm crazy? I'm like, no, you're not crazy. And we started to talk about these things and started to open up and help them. And as I became more involved in my own intuition and my own psychic ability, I was able to to open myself up more to what was really going on as opposed to what appeared to be going on, if that makes any sense, and move just sure. out of the left brain kinds of theories. Um, I've always been spiritual. I don't remember a whole lot about my experiences as a kid, but I've always had experiences that were different. I always heard things differently, saw things differently, thought things differently, and thought there was something wrong with me (laughs) until I began to meet other people that were more like me. So as time went on and I started to, uh, doors started to open and I started to learn more about Eastern methods and, um, alternative kinds of of healing instead of just the left brain cognitive behavioral i noticed a lot of people get re-traumatized when you keep talking 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 and you have to drop down into the body so as i learned more how to do this myself i got more into buddhism um, and meditation mindfulness the more that i learned about it the more i was able to help other people because i don't ever recommend anything to anyone until i've tried it myself and i know what the experience is like i think that's rather disrespectful to lecture people on what you should do. I never lecture people on what you should do. I make suggestions and generally I will tell them this is something that I've done myself or something I've tried or something that I've had a lot of practice in before I suggested. Then I ask people, does it resonate with you? Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Because that's all part of the, the holistic. The more I learn, the more I love it because it just, it, it looks at the big picture. That's what it is. It looks at the big picture instead of just the mind or the body. 
and you can't ignore the spiritual because people that are traumatized are generally very spiritually traumatized also. That's interesting. I, from my vantage point looking at it, I, it, it's, it's almost like peeling back the layers of an onion, understanding how yeah. spirituality could fit with it. the mind-body-spirit component. From my show and doing these interviews, when I have authors come on and they talk about very dis, you know, distinct principles and, and ideas in this area, you learn so many interesting concepts and so amazing things. And so I like the fact that you have both that duality of that, that you have the awareness of your classical training, and then you also have the specialized gifts. You're aware of your gifts. You haven't closed it off, is what I'm trying to say. And that's, that's very encouraging. What would you say to someone younger in their career, let's say starting out as a counselor, and they notice that they have their own psychic abilities or intuitive abilities, what would you suggest to someone like that, how they should approach <laughs> their gift while being a counselor and classically trained and trying to become established and treating clients? That's a good question, and I've actually had to do that with people um, when I was starting out with this, I had to hide this because it wasn't really uh, very well um, respected. <laughs> um, it depends on where you're working, but now um, it's more in the open. And what I always encourage people to do is listen to your gut. You have to listen to your gut. Don't turn that off. I turned it off for a long time, unfortunately, because um, people were into statistics and theories and this, that, and the other and it wasn't it wasn't working with the people that I was working with that wasn't working. I teach people how to look people in the eyes, connect with them as a human being, and listen to what they're saying and listen to what they're not saying. And the only way you can really do that is to listen to your own intuition, listen to your gut. You have to be open yourself because the minute you start blocking things, you're missing three quarters of what's going on. So whenever I do tell people, and I tell them this all the time, when I do tell people that are getting into the area, um, I ask them again to, to listen to what resonates with them. Follow your heart. If you listen to what makes your heart sing, then generally you know you're on the right track. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that's pretty much the way it seems to flow with people. <laughs> no, that's fine. And I think, you know, a lot of times people – even within myself being an attorney and then I had this happen when my grandfather passed away and I became an intuitive medium and all that. And that wasn't mm -hmm. something I expected my future. No, we don't, you don't expect things like this to happen. They just happen and you, you adjust to it. Some people repress it. Others like ourselves have taken a more gradualized approach to just, you know, embrace it. And I've learned for myself, just like I'm sure you have that the work we do in this, in this area is, is if it's done right can really help people and give reassurance and clarity and, and that's why I think you, you, you get the enjoyment being in your field is helping to ease the, the trauma and the pain of all the people involved uh, that you've helped over the years. Uh, you've, it sounds like you've helped influence a lot of people with your practice. And I wanted to ask you, who are the people that you feel influenced you for your work? One of the main ones is Dr. Wayne Dyer. I just love him. I wish I had been able to meet him before he died. He died, I think, five years ago. He was the guru of positive thinking back in the 70s, and then he became more and more spiritual, and I just love him. I have a couple of his books. I talk about him all the time. He writes from a spiritual and an Eastern perspective, and then Dr. Deepak Chopra is another one. Also, um, he's a medical doctor, and um, everything that he does is from mind-body um, perspective, um, 
those are two of them. And then there's also some spiritual writers. But Mm -hmm. I find that spiritual people tend to say the same thing no matter who they are. They just use different words. And because everyone is different, what works for one person doesn't work for somebody else. So, yeah, they definitely influenced me. I know that they're both very influential and, and have done a lot of positive things for helping people understand these concepts and ideas. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I think, you know, having your role models or people you, you guide your, that can guide you through books and actions of others influence us in many ways. And it's always good to know who you feel has motivated you personally. Do you, um, do you believe that trauma can be prevented by people who suffer from it if they've never had it before. So for example, is there a way for someone to work on trying to manage a situation? Like for example, the pandemic we're in right now, is there a way that people can reduce their likelihood of becoming traumatized based on your experience? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It's all on how you look at things. One of the things that Wayne Dyer said was when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that's very profound because when people are in a fear mindset, that affects the immune system. And then people tend to become traumatized when they're scared, when they cannot control things. And trauma basically is... Trauma happens when somebody feels like they can't control what's happening to them or that what's happening to them is stronger and more powerful than their ability to cope with it. So the more that you are able to work on learning coping skills and the more you're able to learn how to be secure and feel secure in your mind and in your body, the less likely you will become traumatized. I think the reason so many people are so afraid of the whole COVID thing is because it's the unknown And human beings tend to be afraid of what they don't know. It's a biological setup in the brain. It was to help the um, species to survive. But because of that, I think people get into a place where they're, they're looking like they have blinders on. And they're looking for what to be afraid of. And they're not looking for ways to cope with it or to stay positive if you learn to stay positive, it physically changes the way the brain works, and then you don't become traumatized as easily. I had a, uh, a prior guest on a while back, Neo Positivity goes by, and he, he is, he's a life coach and, and has his own um, very positive mindset. He said, thoughts become things. And I like the way, like you said, people have different Absolutely. terms for different concepts, you know, and I love that. I think, I think it's, it's, it's very accurate in terms of that. Uh, why do you believe trauma affects people the way it does? And, and what are its effects, usually? Why does it affect people the way it does? And I'm sorry, I missed the second part of that. It's okay. No problem. No problem. I was going to ask you, what do you believe about trauma and its effects on people? How do you think it affects and impacts an individual based on your findings? Well, um, trauma tends to affect people at the mind and the body and the spirit. Um, some people become very angry and they act out. Some people become very withdrawn. Um, Some people have flashbacks. They feel like they're back in whatever happened to them. Um, 
sometimes people blame things on other people and they project onto somebody else their own fears and their own worries. Trauma can appear in so many ways, and that's why a lot of people miss it. They don't understand that the person is coming from a place of trauma, and so they take it personally. But whatever somebody does is not about you, and it's important to know that. It's about them. It's about the story they're telling themselves in their own head. And when somebody has been traumatized, they see the world as a scary place, as a place that they can't control, where they have absolutely no power. And because of that, again, they they may act in an aggressive way. They may act in a withdrawn way. They may constantly be defensive because they feel like they can't control anything because they couldn't control what happened to them. So, And trauma is in the eye of the beholder. That's also important to know. What traumatizes one person may not traumatize somebody else. And what traumatizes one person very strongly may traumatize somebody else very mildly. That's why it's so important to build up resiliency and belief in yourself and your own ability to cope with whatever happens to you and to be able to gather support to help you to cope. Uh, a strong support system is probably pivotal and help. If someone feels like they're connected to a larger whole and not dealing with something by themselves, that could also be a way of preventing some type of trauma. Would that be a good assertion? Definitely. And that's where the spiritual comes in because people confuse spirituality and religion, but it's not the same thing. Spirituality tends to be a broader kind of an idea where you're connected to something larger than you are. And when people have been traumatized, they tend to question God. You know, where was God? Why did I suffer? Why did my family suffer? Why did this happen to me? Why me? Why me? Why me? And that's victim thinking. And that's very traumatizing. And victim is in the head. Victim is not what happens to you. People can get out of a victimized situation and still be a victim because they feel like a victim. But yes, when you feel connected to something larger than you, when you believe that there's a reason and there's a meaning to everything that happens, even if you don't know what it is, even if you can't figure it out, it's comforting and people need comfort. They need to know that there's somebody with them. They need to know that there's some something above them that the world really is not the scary place that they think that it is, if that makes any sense. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But when you've been traumatized, that's pretty much all you ever see is how scary everything is. So people that are people and animals, because animals are great at helping traumatized people. When you can bring love in, I really believe that love is the only real true medicine there is in the world. And when you can bring love into yourself, that's how you heal trauma. When you actually have somebody or something with you that can comfort you, help you learn to soothe yourself, help you see that you're not alone in this vast universe. That's how people tend to heal, and they, they're able to get over trauma more quickly. And the more that you're able to heal from it, the less likely you are to be traumatized the next time. Because one of the things that happens with trauma is if you have a background of trauma, you're more likely to be traumatized again. And repeat and more the cycle. Equally. Yeah, yes. repeat the cycle again. That's and what again. it is. Yes. 
It's a vicious cycle, what is, yes. I studied as an undergrad psychology, and I always like the word gestalt, the whole gestalt. And right. when yeah. we talk about holistic healing, it just resonates with me when I think of those terms interchangeably in my own mind. And I want to ask you if you could explain to the audience what is, is holistic healing from your perspective and your experience. Okay, um, I will try. <laughs> and uh, Gestalt is something that I used, um, some Gestalt theory. Um, gestalt basically is, um, it's looking at the big picture. It's a whole. Um, the human mind is always searching for a whole. It's looking for, um, to put the pieces together so that it makes sense. So that's what the human mind does. And um, holistically, when somebody's been traumatized, they're thrown off balance to the point where they feel like they're completely overwhelmed and they can't cope with what happened. So when you look at things holistically, when you look at the mind, the body, and the spirit together, then you're looking at the whole. And um, homeostasis, a lot of people have probably heard of homeostasis, probably studied it in science when they were kids. That's the an organism, whether it's a human or an animal, it's the attempt to try to restore balance. And that's what bodies do. Bodies are meant to stay healthy. Minds are meant to stay healthy. So if we can take away and get rid of whatever is blocking the ability to stay healthy and stay whole, then you can restore that homeostasis. And that's what the gestalt is, the looking at the big picture. So holistic basically is about it's not treating symptoms. It's not band-aiding. What it is is trying to remove whatever is blocking the ability to stay healthy, if that makes any sense, because you're meant to stay healthy. That's what the body is striving to do. But because people do different things, and then because trauma, unfortunately, also blocks energy, it blocks systems, it blocks the flow, when you can remove the effects of the trauma as much as possible, then the body and the mind can restore itself to the wholeness it's supposed to be in in the first place. Do you look at holistic healing the same way you did when you first started your career 25 years ago? Has it evolved and <laughs> altered through your experiences? What, what, what's your viewpoint on it? Everything has evolved and altered. <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm not the same as I was two minutes ago. Um, good, 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 when, point, good point. Yeah, seriously. When, whenever I think I really know something, then something will smack me upside the head and say, really? You thought you knew that? Okay. So, yeah. And then you go back to being a student again. That's part of the whole. You teach a little, you learn. You teach, you learn. You teach, you learn. Um, I've changed so much and with me it's a matter of learning to be more confident in what I do know um, that's a big deal and that is something that I encourage people that are new in the field or new in any kind of a healing field remember the, the first the first rule of any healer is first do no harm and if you never do any good at least do no harm so the more that you become mindful of your own thoughts your own feelings your own actions the more you're able to work from a holistic perspective, you have to think before you talk, you have to think before you act, and that's holistic, um, not just jumping in there, which is what I used to do. <laughs> just jump right on in there and try to help whoever was hurting, whoever was in pain. I'm an earth mother. I want everything and everyone to love each other and to be happy all the time and to be free from pain. 
But what I'm learning is to be respectful that you can't always do that. Sometimes if you get in the way of somebody's journey, and their journey may be to take on pain, they may have to come back down here and do it again in another life. You can't get in the way of what people have to learn. You can respectfully ask if they would like assistance and then be open if there's something you can do. But jumping right in there and trying to prevent things and trying to to keep people from learning lessons, that doesn't really work so well. And I'm still learning that because I physically and emotionally have become hurt myself when I've jumped right on in there wanting to save somebody. Saving people is not a good idea. So, yeah, from a holistic perspective – I'm Yes, and I have a friend who says to me, who said to me once, um, ask what is there that needs to be done. Ask what, is, what do I need to do here? And so I'm trying to remember that. I'm trying to step back and ask my guides and my intuition, um, what is there I need to do here? Because sometimes there's nothing. And sometimes it's better just to observe. And sometimes it's better to give a hand. But, yeah, you have to know what your limits are because otherwise you're going to burn out. And I do try to coach people on how not to burn out. (laughs) Holistic healing to me, too, when you describe it, and I'm not any type of a counselor. I'm just a psychic. You know, I I say what I do is entertainment because that's what it is. In in essence, you, you use the information or the experience whichever way you receive it. And one of the things I tell people have come to me is, uh, nurture your inner child. And I know you'll know that term. That's not a term I coined myself. That means taking care of yourself from within. And when I'm looking at examples of holistic healing approaches, like natural approaches, like massage, essential oils, homeopathics, that to me sounds like, in, in essence, a part of that is understanding to self-love, nurture yourself, make sure that you, it's like putting the mask on yourself on a plane. If the cabin pressure falls below the certain allowable level before you put your mask on you got to put yours on first before you can help others and is that something that's what it sounds like holistic healing should be looking at the whole but then the individual receiving the healing as well should look at it as taking those steps to nurture their inner child would that be something you would agree to or do you have an opinion separate from that oh absolutely i've been doing inner child work with people for decades and with myself And I have uh, a lot in my book about inner child work, um, including some guided imagery visualization scripts. Um, I have a lot of information about um, using the body techniques like massage, uh, people that have been traumatized because it lodges itself in the cellular level of the body. Sometimes they'll cry or they'll have flashbacks. And you have to be very mindful of that and help the person to be mindful. Everybody has an inner child, no matter how old they are. Everybody has a little boy or a little girl. (laughs) But, you know, people tend to ignore that because we're taught in this society that that's not cool. You're not supposed to do that. But, oh, my goodness, yes. Um, In fact, that is funny that you mentioned that because that can be a sign of somebody having a flashback when they feel little or they feel young. Um, It could be because they're having a flashback if they were traumatized as a child. So, um, oh, you absolutely have to, and I have that in my book too, to put your oxygen mask on first. Um, If you don't learn how to take care of you, respect your own mind, your own body, your own energy, how can you possibly help anybody else at all? And I think think that is where people tend to burn out because they want to help, they want to help, they want to help. 
and they give it all away. And if you keep bending over so far that you fall, you can't help anybody. So, Mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. So every time that you help someone else, you have to help yourself. And this is a big female problem. Women tend to be Mm -hmm. the nurturers. Thank God there's a lot of men that are nurturers too. But it does tend to be a woman thing. And then women get sick because they're so busy giving it all away, they never take care of themselves. And feminine energy actually is accepting and receiving. So everybody, no matter what your body gender is, has masculine energy and feminine energy. Masculine energy is about making things happen, um, putting it out there, um, pushing, doing, releasing. And feminine energy is about accepting, receiving, being more responsive, being more nurturing. And if you don't have a balance between the two, then you're going to be out of balance and you could end up getting sick. That's basically what holistic people call it dis-ease, because, not disease, dis-ease, yes. because you're simply out of balance. You're out of balance. Yes, mm-hmm. that's all that it is. You're out of balance. And holistic, again, is about restoring the balance which is the natural state of being. If people get out of their own way (laughs) and they get out of other people's way, then they can restore balance. And a large part of that is the spiritual connection, the knowing that this is not all there is, that there there is more going on, on out there. If you look at the world as a place that is love, if you look at love as the true force, and if you look at love as what is real, then you're going to look at things much differently than if you look at the world as an evil, horrible, scary place that's out to get you. Because if it's an evil, horrible, scary place that's out to get you, you're always going to be on the defensive and attacking everybody else. But if you look at the world Mm -hmm. as actually a very loving, benevolent place, you're going to be putting love out there. And what you put out is what you get back. So that's that's my rose-colored glasses, idealistic world of the view, world you i'm a very idealistic person sometimes you have to keep that under wraps because other people don't like that but i've gotten to the point (laughs) where i don't care so much what other people think (laughs) i'm letting myself be more of who i am you can come on this platform any any time you like to share your viewpoints because i think it's so important to share these ideas thank you (laughs) i'm looking at and everything you're describing right now i look at it the same way the more positive you can be the more love you can introduce into any dynamic the the better the situation is going to be for all parties concerned. And so including self-love, I think that that's something that is so critical. And that's why we're talking about holistic healing. It's, it's such a pivotal thing. I want to ask you this. What evidence is there that complementary and alternative healing methods actually work? I'm sorry. I didn't hear the whole thing you said. I only heard the end of it. Yeah, no problem. That's okay. Uh, what evidence based on your research have you found about oh. complementary alternative healing methods working in terms of treatment for PTSD? Yeah. Um, And I do have research in my book. If anybody's interested in in getting the book or looking at the book, there is research. Um, Unfortunately, there's more research on medicines because drug companies fund that research. But there is research, especially with veterans, because there tends to be more um, funding for veterans. So there is research on using Reiki, which is one of the things that I do. There's a lot of research on using the um, the EFT, the tapping. Um, there's research on massage. There's research on um, art therapy. There actually, you have to dig a little bit and look for it. But yeah, there is research. Um, some of the research shows that um, 
that these things can work as an adjunct or they can work um, in tandem with uh, traditional um, Western medical. So you can do integrative and integrative tends to work better than just using traditional Western medicine, which is basically cut it out, poison it, give it a pill, <laughs> um, deal with the symptoms. And I'm a big fan of Western medicine too, because it definitely has its place. I just believe that holistic is more comprehensive. So if you do integrative, then it tends to be more comprehensive and help people more quickly. As far as the PTSD goes, things like equine therapy, which is also in my book, um, using horses to help people to heal, um, using animal therapy, um, essential oils, things like that. Yeah, there, there definitely is some research that it is helpful because these, again, are getting at what's really causing the issue, not just the symptom. If all you're treating is symptoms and if you're looking at the symptom as the problem, you're missing the whole thing and people are not going to get better. They're going to be chasing symptoms basically their whole life um, for a lot of people, not for everybody. Of course, everybody's different. But if you do things holistically, and again, for people that, that like research, it's definitely out there, if you do things holistically, you're looking for what is causing the problem. Let's get rid of that. What is the blockage that's causing the problem? Not what is the symptom that's occurring from the blockage, if that makes any sense. It's, it's treating it from a much larger approach and looking at it as a system, systemic thing than just trying to isolate it out or Definitely. reduce it. That's Definitely. how I see that. You, you mentioned... And these are... Um, the, I'm sorry. These are Eastern oh, theories. I forgot to say that. They're Eastern theories. They've been around for thousands of years. I, uh, I want to ask, how can our audience, if they want, we'll take a, a minute to do this. I want to make sure it's important. How can our audience locate you, find you, order your book? What would be the best way for our, our audience? And I, I, I know that we could obviously put uh, – we have it in, in, the, in the show notes, um, but I wanted to see if you could share your, your contact info with our audience of how if they wanted to buy your book, what they would do. To purchase it. Sure. Sure. Um, the book is on Amazon. If you just put in unlocking the puzzle of PTSD, it will come up right away. There's also an author page and I have an um, uh, author page also for Amazon UK, for Amazon France and Amazon Germany. So um, there's author pages for, for um, four different countries. Um, the author page has a little bit more information. People can also contact me through my email, although I don't sell the book. The book goes through Amazon. But my email, if you want it, I can, I can give that too. Sure. Absolutely. As contact information. It's Susan, S-U-S-A-N-P-113 at gmail.com. So if okay. somebody wanted to contact Perfect. me for more information, um, also my professional Facebook page um, is now my website Facebook page put together because more people were looking at the Facebook than they were at the website. Sensei Services, S-E-N-S-E-I-S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S. So it's www.senseiservices.com. And there's more information about the book and about me. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, there's information about me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so those are those are basically the um, the ways to get a hold of me. Excellent, excellent. Uh, let me let's let's just get into EFT for a second. 
Is there some sure. example of EFT that you could do for our show, for our audience to kind of understand it a little bit better? Or is there a technique that you would recommend just yeah. a few minutes to share with what our show, uh, with our audience to see what they, what this type of stuff that you do would be like for them just listening to us right now? Is there a way you could do that? Absolutely. Um, I can describe it. There's something called the emergency tapping point. I show this to people all the time. What you do is you tuck your thumb against your palm, you spread your four fingers out, you put your four fingers on your chest with the uh, pointer finger just below the collarbone, and then you tap. And it covers eight of the 12 major meridian lines. So you just tap on the middle of the chest, and you can say things like, I am calming down now, I am taking my power back now, I believe in myself, whatever it is that have come to you as you tap, or you can just tap. And because it covers eight of the 12 major energy meridian lines, it's going to affect a lot of the acupuncture, acupressure areas, and it tends to calm people down. You can do this on kids too. I love to teach kids how to do this because it works very easily. Kids tend to be more open to this um, in a lot of ways because they're not thinking about it. They just do it. They think it's fun. So, um, yeah, if you tap, again, with the four fingers spread out, thumb against the chest, pointer finger just below the collarbone, and you just tap in the middle of the chest. And it, it calms people down. It helps them to feel better. There's something else that people can do. It's not an EFT technique, but it's something I do with people a lot. You put your right hand against your heart chakra, which is right in the middle of the chest. You put your um, left hand over the right hand. And then you close your eyes and you breathe. And you send love and forgiveness to every cell of the body. And people sometimes will have an amazing transformation in energy just from sending themselves love. And you do that until you feel a shift in your energy. You just keep the hands over the chest. You close the eyes. You breathe. And you send love and forgiveness to every cell of your body. And you just keep sending love until you feel a change in your energy. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. And it's very easy. It costs nothing. You can do it anywhere. (laughs) Well, interestingly, as you were just describing that, a couple of things. I'm a visual person, so while you're describing putting your spreading your hand, your fingers out on your hand, I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, you know, in uh, 30, 40, maybe they still do this. I obviously, when I was a kid, they would teach us how to trace our hand on a sheet of paper and spread the fingers out. And I was thinking of it yeah. kind of like that. And then, and then you tap on top once you place it where you said under the collarbone and over the heart. And as I did that while mm-hmm. you were talking, I felt a calmness immediately. Oh yeah. Within just a few seconds of tapping like that. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And um, it's something that you could do pretty, you know, basically anywhere you want. <laughs> it's like air and, and water. Right. You, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. Once you become better at it and you master it, it, it could be a good way of, of handling this kind of situation for people, especially with what we're living in right now with all the challenges of 2020 and beyond. So I, I really like that. I appreciate you sharing that with our audience. Uh, why do Definitely. you think a person should adopt holistic methods instead of just taking prescription medications for any problems they might have health-wise or, you know, just playing them? Um, I think meds definitely do have their place, but I think that people need to be informed about what they're doing. Um, Again, medicines usually are to treat a symptom. So they're looking at the symptom as the problem. 
But the symptom is not the problem. The symptom is a symptom. When you do holistic, what you're trying to do, um, like I said before, is to actually get to the bottom of what's really going on and to try to clear the blocks. And if you can clear the blockages, then the body and the mind can heal itself. So a lot more people these days are interested in the complementary and alternative because they're not finding what they need in Western medicine and there's so many side effects with medicines. People were using herbs before the chemical medicines ever came. Um, Homeopathy, and I have a, a section on homeopathy in my book too. The homeopathic kinds of things are, they're more natural. They're meant to be used with the body. But with anything, no matter what substance you're using, whether it's a homeopathic or it's an essential oil, you have to be careful because everybody reacts differently and sometimes less is more. So I think it's very, very important to address the mind, the body, and the spirit and to remember that just because it says it's natural doesn't mean you take more and more and more and more because you don't. Sometimes all you need is a very small amount. You have to listen to your body. That's what everything is about. Instead of listening to somebody who says, I'm an authority, I can tell you what to do. No, 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 no. Listen to yourself. You are the authority on your own, on your own body. You live with yourself 24-7. And this is what I always recommend to people to help empower themselves. I try to teach people to empower themselves, to listen to themselves. We can all give suggestions, but we can't do it for you. I'm not here to take your things away. I can't heal you. I don't do that. I don't have the power to do that, but I can help you learn to do it for yourself. And I think that when people use holistic methods and they learn to empower themselves, they're going to feel better. And then hopefully they'll pay it forward and they'll teach somebody else how to do that too so that the world can be a calmer, happier place, especially with all this COVID because people don't seem to understand that your immune system is mostly in the gut. And the more afraid you are, the more you're messing up your gut and you're messing up your immune system. You just breathe, (laughs) do some breathing, calm down. That strengthens the lungs and clears toxins out of the lungs Just breathe and calm down. Try to focus on something happier and better and where you can take your power back. Then you're going to feel stronger. And that's a holistic idea. (laughs) What? And you've kind of gotten into this already, describing trauma from a holistic perspective. But I just want to ask you, if we were to look at trauma the way that you see it, right, Uh, from a holistic point of view, how would our society handle it differently than the way we're doing it already? Is there anything about what we're handling right now that you think we are getting wrong as a society? Or what's your opinion on that? Where do you want me to start? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm not going to get up on my soapbox here. Um, Remember, I did social services my whole professional career. Yes, there are a lot of systemic issues. And thank God people are beginning to realize this. I think what happens is that people get into their own little um, tribal group idea, I'm better than you are, and um, when they get into their own little group and they start to point fingers that you're different, you look different, you sound different, you smell different, you think different, well, you must be bad, that's how trauma starts. Instead of looking at the big picture of, golly, gee, we're all interconnected because we are, we all bleed red. 
we're all interconnected. Everybody's interconnected. And I think the more that people start to realize that you are connected to every human, you are connected to every animal, every bird, every tree, the sky, the earth, when you realize that you are connected to everything and everyone, it's awfully hard to want to hurt anything. (laughs) And then people and animals and the earth will not get traumatized. But when you look at it as me, 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 my tribe is the best, my group, my political party, my football team, my school, mm. whatever it is, if you look at it as um, my little group is the best, and so that means that all of you are outsiders, that's how trauma starts because it's very easy to hurt somebody or something that you see as less than you are. But when you see everything and everyone, including the earth, as your equal and your nurturer, then you're going to want to nurture it in return because it's nurturing you, if that makes any sense. You'll be vested in. If you believe everything, you know, interconnected and equal and there's not this party mentality of tribalism kind of thing of us versus mm-hmm. them, you'll, you'll be able to master mm-hmm your your role in your life with those around you much better in my opinion i think you'll be more connected to everything because you're a part of it you're invested into it absolutely and this is what i teach people um i do some shamanistic things as well as other things so i'm always out there talking to the trees and the sky and the earth and the birds and the animals (laughs) and i call them and they come to me um i ask to see a hawk and a hawk shows up i ask to see an eagle and an eagle showed up right on 19 (laughs) right outside Tarpon Springs there was a bald eagle sitting on the road yeah I'm always asking for messages 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 I'm asking for messages Um, sometimes my brain goes ahead of my mouth sorry (laughs) yeah I think it's I think it's very very important to realize again that everything is connected and that what you do to you you've just done to yourself what you've done to me you've done to yourself what i do to me i've done to you when people understand that i think they're going to start to act differently and thank heavens there are people that do understand that all those people that are out there that are trying to clean up and and help the world and a lot of younger people that i've met they're very involved. They're very spiritually connected. They're fighting against all the old systems that aren't working anymore. And um, just a little bit, a little of a side, because you had asked me, um, how did I get involved in all this? When I was little, I was always the kid that was saying, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. And I still say that it's not fair. I want justice. I want things to be equal. Um, that's what I work toward. And I really believe the only way to do that is to help people to heal themselves first. You heal yourself first, your own mind, your own body, and then you can help others. If you haven't healed your own mind and your own body, you really can't help anybody else all that much because you're not coming from a place of healing. You have to come from a place of healing, a place of strength, and a place of love and compassion, or you're really not going to be very much of a force, if that makes any sense. It makes a complete sense, in my opinion. I, I agree. We're running low on time. I just want to ask you a couple other questions. Okay. One, can, can you share with our audience, when I did my intro, I talked about PTSD and complex PTSD. And I always like to have terms explained to our audience so they can kind of grasp it a little better. And I want to see if you can give us what exactly is the difference between PTSD and complex PTSD. Absolutely. What I tell people is, and I have that in my book, Complex PTSD is like regular PTSD on steroids. It's much, much 
stronger. Um, it is harder to deal with. Um, it tends to come from long-term abuse and trauma, like uh, domestic violence survivors, um, kids that have been abused and neglected for long periods of time, Holocaust survivors, uh, POWs, um, people that have been in um, um, like sex trafficking, that kind of thing, people that have been in captivity. Um, it tends to be, it's, it's from long-term trauma. It's not just a one-time thing, like a one-time rape. Um, or one time um, losing your house in a tornado. That can cause regular PTSD. The complex PTSD is more enduring. It's more severe. It tends to have more symptoms. In my book, I have all of the, um, the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental, Mental Disorders um, criteria for what PTSD is and a lot of information about what complex PTSD is. Uh, people can look it up. I'm a big researcher. People can always Google and research things. But yeah, that's the main difference. Regular PTSD tends to be from one or maybe two incidents that traumatize somebody very severely. Complex tends to be from um, much more long-term, and so it affects people worse. Um, people don't tend to be looking for that either. Um, People can get very, very angry, can um, get very depressed, they can get suicidal. Um, it changes the worldview. Uh, people tend to think that the world is not a safe place to be in. So depending on their own personality and their own viewpoint, they're going to react differently. Um, there's a lot more with flashbacks, intrusive thoughts, uh, nightmares. In kids, you could see wetting the bed, biting nails. Um, screaming, yelling, having temper tantrums, um, repetitive play of um, trauma situations, uh, night terrors, jumping out of bed screaming, which also happens to adults. Um, that type of thing, you could see it in regular PTSD, but much more so in complex PTSD. It's just more severe because it's lasted longer. What are the common symptoms of PTSD? I know I described what my understanding was just from my limited, very limited understanding. Obviously, I saw some movies about it. I haven't studied it formally. If you were to, you know, so people can understand it a little better if they, if they have anyone, if they're dealing with these symptoms themselves, or they may have a family member or a friend or somebody they, they're, they're seeing going through this. How would, what would be those types of symptoms they would look at? Absolutely. And some of what I just mentioned, um, flashbacks, um, seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, something that um, isn't right now an objective reality, something that happened to you before, and oftentimes feeling like you're right back there again. Um, there's something called a somatic flashback, a body memory, which could be a panic attack with um, nothing going on in the here and now that seems to be causing it. Um, Intrusive thoughts, thinking about what happened to you, um, obsessively ruminating on it, not being able to stop it, it just coming in and you don't want it to be there. Um, anger is a big one. Anger, irritability, um, getting depressed, feeling suicidal, um, feeling like there's no hope in the world, um, avoiding, because PTSD is basically avoiding and re-experiencing. So avoiding uh, movies, books, talking, people, social media, anything that reminds you of trauma, um, anything that reminds you of violence, anything that scares you because of past trauma. Um, so avoiding those things um, and then re-experiencing them over and over again. And that's basically what PTSD is in a nutshell. It's re-experiencing and avoiding, re-experiencing and avoiding, re-experiencing and avoiding. 
Wow. It's, it's, I just, what I, what I like is that there's research that's going on with this and it seems like our understanding of it's changing almost every day based on the research and what's coming out. Do you see uh, significant advances in the treatment of PTSD and complex PTSD within the foreseeable future? When I say that, I mean the next five to 10 years, like what type of trends do you think are going to come into fruition that we haven't seen yet in our understanding of treating PTSD, for example? I do think it is moving along and I'm very, very grateful. Um, It is a big, big topic these days and more people are becoming aware of it. Um, I, I am seeing more people interested again in the, in the holistic, in the complementary and alternative, they don't want to take medicine or they take medicine and find out it's not doing anything because that's not what it's really for. And it can't really do anything other than treat symptoms. So yeah, um, there are more people that are interested in yoga, in Tai Chi and Qigong and meditation in um, learning deep breathing, in um, learning to use essential oils, um, in eating better. Oh, my goodness. When you learn to eat in a healthy way, when you learn to to drink more water, um, you get out and you exercise, you get sunshine, um, you do things that make you happy. All of those are holistic ways of treating trauma because you're treating the body and the mind together and, of course, the spirit, which goes along with it. I do believe that people are beginning to wake up to that. There are books that have been out there for a while um, um, on trauma from a a holistic perspective. And um, so the forerunners of this, uh, there were people, and I think that there are more people now that are becoming more aware of it because there's so much trauma going on in the world. And I think the more that people become aware of what trauma actually is and they stop pushing it under the rug and shaming people. That's a big thing with PTSD. A lot of times people will feel so ashamed. They want to hide. They don't want to tell anybody what's going on. They're scared. Somebody's going to know. They feel like they're walking around with a sign on their forehead and everybody can see what happened to them. There's so much shame. And when you do holistic again, when you use all of these different methods to learn to breathe, to learn to calm the body, calm the mind, soothe yourself, when you learn how to soothe yourself, then usually you're not going to act out or withdraw, at least not as quickly or as frequently, hopefully, because you're learning ways to take care of you and value you as a person. When you've been traumatized, somebody or something did not value you, and that was generally why people became traumatized if it was a natural disaster people still feel like well why me why did this happen to me there's something wrong with me that's why this happened to me and people take things very very personally so when you can learn to love and soothe yourself and soothe the body you're in and soothe the mind that you're in value who you are respect who you are then you're going to heal and when you can heal, like I said before, you can, you can help others to heal. You can help the world to heal because what goes around comes around. What you put out is what's going to come back to you. I love that. I, uh, we're real low on time. So I want to thank you for coming on the show thank to you. share your <laughs> new book, Unlocking the Puzzle of PTSD, A Holistic Guide to Restoring Inner Peace. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your, your background with this because it's such an important thing for a lot of us to understand, especially during the trying times of 2020. I think understanding what could cause trauma and learning how to 
simple methodologies of, of, of not simple, but I'd say, you know, employed our own technolo- uh, tech- techniques for it, it can, it can really make a difference. And that's what I'm glad that you're doing this. And I appreciate you coming on sharing this information with our audience. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me the time to, to do that and use my voice because that's what I love to do is teach people. <laughs> I love to teach. I, I also wanted to say, too, uh, you being a special ed teacher. My mom was a special ed teacher. My brother, I always grew up in an educator, family of educators. So I can completely connect in your, your background and your path that you've taken, and you've had a very unique journey. And I think that's uh, refreshing to see where you started and where you're headed. And I'm looking forward to where you're going to go next. So keep us posted. Yeah, me too. As we'll have other books come out and those kind of things. Okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. I just want to thank Susan Pollard for coming on the show and sharing her book, Unlocking the Puzzle of PTSD, A Holistic Guide to Restoring Inner Peace. A lot of us have dealt with a lot of traumatizing events our uh, last, you know, 2020. And it's just, it's, there's a lot going on. And so it's good to identify what this type of, dynamic is and how it can impact each of us. Uh, self-care, having the ability of nourishing, nurturing ourselves, taking care of ourselves, employing such techniques as EFT that Susan showed us on the show today, uh, tapping techniques. Those are all things that we can utilize and appreciate. And one of, the most thing, one of the most important messages I got from today's show was incorporating and understanding and appreciating love and its power in our lives for healing us and healing one another and being part and interconnected to everything. Uh, A long time ago, I went into one of these sensory deprivation tanks here in Tampa. And I had, from my personal experience, with where you lay in a salt tank in the water and you stay buoyant and you meditate for an hour with absolutely nothing interrupting you, it gave me that sense that we're all connected. And I believe very strongly in that. We are all connected. Animals, humans the planet, the universe. And once you can understand that and your role in the universe and your interconnectivity, I think a lot of these concepts, a lot of these things won't be as far into our audience and as far into our society. I encourage you to check out Susan's book. Go to www.senseiservices.com, S-E-N-S-E-I services.com. Check out Susan there. She's also on Facebook and LinkedIn. So check her out as well. And her email is Susan P. 113 at gmail.com. Check out our show. Thank you for your support. We will have more episodes uh, coming in the near future. And if you have any questions about any of our topics or subject matter, you can always contact me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. I also want to thank Megan from Royal Susie for referring Susan to our show. Until next time, thank you. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? 
Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns.yahoo.com. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. 